If you have your Bibles, open up to 2 Timothy. Kids, you can open up uh, your brand new Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now, if you don't know how to find it in your Bible, you can do that by just looking at the very front. There's a little index, right? Books have a little chapter index or whatever. This actually has a book of the Bible index, and you can see where all the books of the Bible are. Uh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me when I talk to people who are atheists or agnostics and they know where the books of the Bible are and Christians don't. This is why one of the things I ask Miss Stephanie to do within our little dwellers is any of our kids coming out of little dwellers, I want our kids to know the books of the Bible. It's why we have them sing the Phil Joel song, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, Acts, and the letter to the Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians, Philippians, because none, m most of you don't know where the books of the Bible are. You don't know where Matthew is or 1st Thessalonians is. If we're people of the word, we should know where 1st Thessalonians is. If we're people of the word, we should know there's a book in the Bible called, you know, Nehemiah or something like that. It should be a slight embarrassment if we don't. Not because you're this terrible person, but because, guys, it's the word of God. <laughs> and, and I actually learned the New Testament books of the Bible through that first uh, even to this day, I run through the New Testament books of the Bible with that Phil Joel song. So you, you're not too old to, to know this stuff. Go YouTube it. Learn the books of the Bible. If you're 75 years old and you don't know it yet, go YouTube New Testament book of the Bible and, and put some of this to memory. I mean, that's a basic thing. All right, I'm just giving you enough time to find 2 Timothy. <laughs> 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now turn, uh, turn the page in your Bible to chapter 3 and look at verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let's pray, and then I'm going to try to break this down for us today, okay? And if you guys could touch me up just a touch, that'd be good. Father, thank you for this time to be together, to be in your word. Uh, thank you that we were able to spend some time focusing in on our kids. And God, as we all get focused in on now, help us to all have that childlike faith. So may we be willing to listen and hear, not only with our ears, but with our hearts. Help me right now, God, to share what you have for our, our church and for, for those who might be uh, listening in today, or maybe they'll be listening some other day and coming across this YouTube video, or who knows how it'll be. But ultimately, I pray that you would work mightily in and through me that we would hear from you today. We pray this boldly in Jesus' name, amen. So what are the things we want to pass on to our kids? What are the things that are the most important things that we want our kids to know? I don't know about you, but when I think about things I want my kids to know, I got four little kids, number five's on the way. Pray for me. When I think about what I want to pass on to my kids, part of, those, part of my thinking goes to things like, I want my kids to be Packers fans. Right? Uh, some of you would like your kids to be Astros fans. Right? Yeah, it's an important thing. You're like, I want my kids to know about El Tuve and how great he is. And I want them, I want them to know that. Um, when I think about what I want to pass on to my kids, I want, I want my kids, when they pick up uh, you know, a, 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 a gun or something, I want my kids to know how to hold it and tuck it into their shoulder. Right? I want them to know that when they look down and, and sight it in, they don't, you know, which eye do I shut? I want my kids, personally, this is just me, when, you know, when, when, I want them to know that Cool Ranch Doritos are just, an incredible chip. I want my kids, when they mow the lawn, to have straight lines. Okay? Like, and when it starts to wave, you go fix it before you, you know, get the next ones going. I want them to know that. I want my kids to know, when I say go grab a 916 wrench, I want them to know how to Grab that and know what that is. I want my kids to hustle. When, when someday an employer or something says, hey, go grab that for me. I want my kids to be the kind of kids who hustle and grab whatever their employer might ask them to. I want my kids to have strong work ethic and, and get her done and not be just standing around with their hands in their pockets the whole time. I want my kids to know what the Millennium Falcon is and what that means. There's certain things we want our kids to just know, don't we? But what are the most important things that we actually want to be passing on to our kids? What are those generational kinds of teachings and learnings that we are simply saying, this is the most important thing? What is 
that for you and your family? What is that? And, and at what ages do I have to, do I get to stop doing that or something like that? And is this really just a message today for people with just kids or just little kids? Or is that what it's going to be about? What I want to look at today is I want to actually look at using the scripture, using the 2 Timothy text, I want to look at three things. I want to look at the importance, okay? I want to look at the importance of, 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 of the kind of people, the kind of people who are the, the main influencers. I want to look at who the influencers are in faith formation in the home. I want to look at um, the, the kinds of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, oh my goodness, this is annoying. Immersion, I want to look at immersion, the immersion of, of, of our kids in faith formation, and not only kids, but adults as well, and coming out of immersion, I want to look at the intentionality behind it. So those are my three things, kind of my three points for today. The first being the influencers. Who are the influencers when it comes to faith formation in the home? Right off the bat, we have the Apostle Paul writing, right, to Timothy, and so we know that Paul is an influencer in Timothy's life. That's not a, that's not a family situation. That's a church situation. I, Jacqueline and I, with our four kids, we've actually pulled aside four different families in our church and asked them to specifically pray for each of our kids. Nobody told us to do that. We just did that. And we didn't pick the kind of people who are the coolest people on the planet or whatever. Now, it's kind of funny because some of those people are in the room right now. <laughs> and, and they know who they are, obviously. But we, we didn't pick the coolest and sexiest people. Or I pick, we picked people who would pray for our kids. And I knew would pray for our kids. And I knew they would just pray and pray and pray. And I knew they're the kind of people who will continue to do that for years and years and decades and decades. Paul is an important influencer in Timothy's life. Who else is an important influencer in his life? Notice, notice right off the bat, Paul says this. He says this in verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandma Lois, or your Mimi, or whatever you'd call her around here, in your Mimi Lois, and your mother Eunice. Notice how important Eunice and Lois are to the faith formation of Timothy. We got any moms in the house? How about grandmas? How important are you in the faith formation of the people that are most important in your life? It's interesting because Lois and Eunice are not Jewish names. Those are Greek names. And so Lois and Eunice would most likely have been pretty new to the faith. They wouldn't have been Jewish who, who knew the Old Testament stories of the Bible. They would have been the kind of people who came to faith probably later in life. And what they started to do is they started to say, this Jesus guy is the most important thing. And now we look at our little grandson or our little son, Timothy, and we want to 
pour into him with everything we got. It's interesting because they probably wouldn't have known very much. They wouldn't have been the smartest. They wouldn't have known the stories of the Bible very well. But what they did know and what they did do is seek first the kingdom of God. And they made it a priority. So much so, Paul here himself picks up on how important mom and grandma were in the faith formation of little Timothy and his life. Guys, if you are a mom or a grandma, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Ever, ever. And you don't, yeah, you, you moms, you grandmas, you kind of get this. I think maybe better than anybody. It's partly why I think they stand out here in Timothy's faith formation. They did pray and they didn't stop. They continued to pour into. To this day, my parents pray for me and my siblings and our, our spouses and, and the grandkids, 27 grandkids now, every single day. And they don't just do it, but they tell us that. And they don't just tell us it to brag about it or whatever it might be. They just, we want you to know we pray for you by name all the time. They continue to pour into... We're all adults now. We all have our own kids. Why do you have to keep praying? Well, because I need a lot of prayer, people. Hey, let me talk to you dads for a second. Look at this Ephesians text. Dads, don't provoke your kids to anger but take seriously what instruction in the Lord's going to look like. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Dads, do you know how important you are in the faith development of your children? You are so vital. Your kids, do you understand how much your kids are watching you? You know, it's like that uh, country song. I've been watching you, Dad, ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo, I want to be like you and eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. You know that one? That's a good one. You've never heard that song? And you got cowboy boots on, brother? What's going on? Our kids are watching us like crazy. Our kids are picking up on and watching. When we say faith formation is the most important thing, God's the most important thing, but then we find ourselves time and time again pushing aside Sunday morning and we're out doing something else, you don't think your kids see that? You don't think they're picking up on the kind of priority that you place? When you say God is so important, but you're never having spiritual conversations with them? When you say God is the most important thing, yeah, God, yeah, God, 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 God. But then, but then none of your life is looking like that? You don't think your kids are seeing and watching and learning that? 
dads, figure it out. And what's interesting is it's not about how much we know. It's, it's so often the excuse I hear is that I don't know much. I don't, I don't have a lot of information. I don't, I don't know a lot to say or to do. It amazes me, guys, how simple it is. I'm amazed. Guys, I went to seminary, okay? I know some like of the technical stuff. I know like what a word like justification is. I know what that means, okay? I know what a word like sanctification is. Maybe you don't know what that means. Guess what? Guess how many times I talk to my kids about justification and sanctification? Never. But I talk to them about really basic stuff. Like, guys, we love Jesus with everything we have. And he loves us. I'm talking all the time about how Jesus died on the cross to forgive you your sins. I'm talking all the time about God's love for us and forgiveness that he has for us. Dads, you are being watched like crazy. Grandpa, you are being watched like crazy. I hope you don't underestimate that. And here's what they're watching. It kind of takes us to our next point, which is the immersion piece. They're not just watching and listening to what you say always. It's, it's your life. It's that full immersion experience of, of watching it, the life play out. How does dad, how does mom, how does grandma, how do they respond in these situations? When we go on vacation, but we don't prioritize worship and go to some other church down the road or get watching online. When we don't prioritize that, what are we showing? What are we saying? We're saying, well, when we go on vacation, then worship of God, maybe it's not that important of a thing. You're saying that. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of uh, growing up, we, we hunt every, every, every Thanksgiving, we, we hunt. We're hunting in my family up in Wisconsin. And every Sunday, the Sunday before or after opening day, we typically go to church, my home church, the church I grew up going to. And so we'll go out into the deer stand all morning long. And, but because my dad has made it a priority for our family, we're in, we're in church that morning. And so we go to the, we're in a deer stand until nine o'clock and then we get out of the deer stand go and then go worship. It's one of my favorite times to go to worship because you get to wear your, your big old hunting knives and go up to communion looking like a total. It's great. It's just, it's one of my favorite. But a couple of years ago, it was interesting. We shot some deer later in the morning. And so we're literally standing around the Hilton, which is one of our big deer stands on my dad's property up there. And we're sitting around, and there's deer laying all over the place. And we're not gonna make church in the morning. And guess what we did? We had church right out there. And we said, no, we're, we opened up a Bible. And we spend some time in God's word and prayer as a family. And we're keeping it as a priority, showing niece, uh, nephews and nieces, I mean, younger siblings. This is what we do. This is a priority for us. 
Sure, would it be an easy day to say, oh, we got other stuff going on? Yeah, yeah, you could. You could make up excuses every single Sunday. My lawn needs as much mowed as yours does. That's just talking just a couple examples. But in full immersion, our kids are watching. Look at, look at what the... Uh, uh, Paul says here in chapter 3, verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, Timothy, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. When are we supposed to start reading the Bible to our kids? When do we start praying for them? Well, I'm not saying I'm right, but I'll tell you when we started. In the womb. Little Cor, our nine-year-old now, when he was in the womb, we began family devotions, reading from God's word and praying for him before he ever came out. From the childhood, we started pouring into this little Timothy. Who did? Grandma and mom. Dad wasn't even in the picture here. We don't know the situation. We don't know exactly what was going on. Maybe his dad, and most likely his dad wasn't a believer. What does it look like for us to be pouring into our kids at little tiny baby? Yeah, but they don't understand. They don't get what's going on. But they're watching like crazy and they're, they're learning. This is important. This is what our family does. This is who we are. This is where we get shaped. Not by the world, not by everything else. This is what shapes us. This is what's most important. What is daily being in God's word and prayer look like? What does it look like to be immersed in, in, regular, in regular, even things like forgiveness? What does it look like to be, ex not, not saying, I'm sorry, no big deal. What does it look like to be saying, I'm sorry and have, I forgive you. To be immersed in biblical teaching, like forgive each other as I have forgiven you, Jesus says. What does that immersion in it look like where we're actually living it out on a daily basis? Not just living out, oh, you're such a great superstar. No, living out mistakes. What, is this, what does it look like when Seth is, not because I'm such a great guy, but when I'm a, such a terrible guy and I come to my kids and I say, dad shouldn't have talked to mom like that. You don't think that's teaching something? Dad screwed up here. I, I gave you, I, I, I disciplined you out of anger. And I should have, I should have, I did that wrong and I'm sorry. Why can't that be the big teaching thing? Why can't we teach how crappy we are and how God still loves me. You're not just trying to show how great you are to your kids. 
You're showing them how big of a screw-up you are and how you continue to live day by day by day by the grace of God. You know, I'm thinking of Psalm 19, verse 1. The glory, the, 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 the splendor, the things that you've created. The splendor, your majesty, and, and how it shows and shows your glory. When's the last time you've taken a, a drive or you've looked up at the stars and had a conversation with your kids about how God's made that? How we respond. I think of, of John chapter five. The, it, as we study the scriptures, what are the scriptures about? What are the scriptures pointing to? You search the scriptures, sure, but the scriptures are pointing to me, Jesus says. So what you could literally do with your kids every night is read a section of scripture and you could simply, you don't have a clue about anything in the Bible and you as a dad or you as a grandma or you as a whatever could say, what does this have to do with Jesus? That could be the question you ask every night for the next two decades and you'd be doing pretty good. How does this have to do, what does this have to do about Jesus? You don't have to have it all, all the perfect questions. You don't have to have all the answers. What does this have to do about Jesus? Let's talk about Jesus. Let's look at how Daniel and the lion's den and let's talk about how that is a cool story and let's talk about how that can somehow can be connected to Jesus. Or let's look at Jonah and the whale and let's, how does that look up to Jesus? And how does it go back to Jesus every single time? Because Jesus is actually kind of a big deal. Why is Jesus a big deal? Because he's God. What, what does it look like to be in a daily rhythm of prayer, the word, song, I'd love our families to be singing more together. Not because you have great voices. Your voices are terrible. We're, all of ours are, guys. This is why God gave us YouTube. This is why you, you bring up an old school song that you remember and you're like, I don't know how to lead you know, old, the old rugged cross. And you sing it. And now your kids look up at big tough dad who changes the oil in his own car, right? And goes out and does all the stuff that dad does. And now your kid starts looking at dad who's this tough dude. And dad's singing this little gospel light of mine. You don't think that's teaching the kids something? You don't think that that kid is thinking, holy smokes, dad actually believes this stuff. See, it's when dad is silent and dad just is like, screw this, this is stupid. That's when kid is starting to pick up, maybe dad doesn't believe this stuff. Oh, no, 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 I do, son. I, I totally believe it. Really? You don't think your kids are smarter and, and figure out that slowly over time, you're like, oh, dad doesn't make it a priority. Mom, I never see mom reading the Bible on her own. I never see them praying. I never see them bringing up spiritual conversations. 
Listen, one of the things I'd noticed about, listen, look at this, George, uh, this is from the Barna Group. This is some research that's been done. Look at this. 85% of parents with children under the age of 13 actually believe they are the primary uh, responsible for teaching their children about religious belief and spiritual matters. However, a majority of parents don't spend any time during a typical week discussing religious matters or studying religious materials. You say it's important, but you're not talking about it at all. So now what's gonna happen is our kids grow up not trusting in the Lord, and now some church planters gotta come 30 years later, build relationships with and do all the hard work of trying to find them to trust them so they can pour the gospel into them or whatever. You know what I'm saying. Now, this is actually sad for some of you. Some of you are broken up about a day like today. I'm actually very sensitive to this because some of us have children that have gone astray who don't believe in Jesus maybe anymore, and you did everything you thought you were supposed to do. You did everything you could. This doesn't need to be a day where we beat ourselves up. My kids too could grow up and, and reject the Lord. I pray against that with everything that I have. They could do that. I recognize that. You don't have to sit and beat yourself up today and how you're the most terrible person. Is there somebody in here who needs to repent and turn from and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I see exactly where I screwed it all up. Okay, maybe, I don't know. I don't know your story. We can receive the forgiveness and grace of God even today. I got to preach both things though, right? I got to I got to come and and try to invigorate and fan into flame. I've got to try to do that work while at the same time don't beat yourself up. Your kids have made the choices they've made. Continue to pray for them. Continue to encourage them. Continue to do the things the spirit of God invites you to do. I get almost a daily, uh, I, I get almost a daily text from my dad encouraging us in some way with something that's filled him up. My dad's a lumber salesman. He's on the road a lot. He listens to a ton of talk radio and, 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 and is fed spiritually through that. And so he passes that through. He's a conduit of the things that are God's doing in his life. What does it look like to be in a daily rhythm? What does it look like to be on a boat with your kids and be talking about Jesus and how God's created, having spiritual conversations? What does it look like to take your kids camping? What does it look like? Whatever, I don't know. I'm not trying to, you know, and I got littler kids and I recognize that. And so even today's message is tending in that direction. I recognize some of you have kids who are 20 years old and 30 years old and 40 years old and 50 years old. I recognize that it's gonna look and be shaped in different ways. I, look, I, I understand that maybe I'm not speaking as directly to some of those things. 
What does it look like to have spiritual conversations? What does it look like to say, this is what's still important in our family. When I go to my parents' house, when I go to my parents' house, we can still expect to be in God's word and prayer every single night while we're there, led by my parents. It's a priority. It's just the way it's gonna be in their home. When my kids are 20 and 30 years old and they come back to visit, we will be in God's word and prayer sitting there on the couch and we will be singing a song. That's just what we're gonna do. That's the expectation. We'll be singing some, you know, song from a hymnal, you know. Teach, we, I like to teach my kids old school songs. I have a terrible voice. Um, and then what does it look like to be intentional with faith formation? One of the things that my wife and I talk about more than anything else with our church is how concerned we get about our church, but this is all people, I think, but how busy we are, ourselves included. Uh, my dad actually recently sent out a, a little thing that just said, uh, if God can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. That was his little encouragement for the day. That was a recent kind of text to me. Um, if God can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. How many of us are so busy, we got so much going on that faith development and faith formation isn't really on our radar. We've got too many other things going on. That should be so alarmingly concerning to you. Yeah, that should just be alarms going off like crazy. Because this, what is the stuff that matters more than anything else? Is it the straight lines when they're mowing? Is that the most important thing? Is the most important thing that your kids get a scholarship and go to a cool school? Is that the most important thing or no? Or do you not care if your kid actually goes to some trade school or just gets a job somewhere doing whatever? What, you gotta ask yourself some of this. I have to ask myself this stuff. I gotta try to figure it out too. But I get so concerned over how busy Jacqueline and I can become in our lives with the, the enemy just getting us busier and busier so that I can't even care for a neighbor. Because here's what my kids are watching. My kids are subtly watching dad get so busy with church that he can't even take care of a neighbor who's sick or has died. Now I'm teaching all sorts of things even when I'm not trying to. Does that make sense? You don't think your, my kids are seeing that take place? I don't even have enough time to reach out and care for a neighbor. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a situation right now. I'm thinking of a real situation where I've become so busy and so much is going on with all good stuff, nice stuff. I'm not addicted to crack cocaine. I'm a pretty good person. But all of a sudden, my kids start to maybe watch even other things happen through that. 
We've got to be watching that stuff, guys. How intentional are we being with faith formation? Look at 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. Look at this. What does he say here? For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Fan into flame. My prayer today is that you're just getting fanned and that you're pulling your fans out and starting to fan your kids and you're, you're fanning your kids through the mobile apps and you know, all that stuff. You're just, I want us to start fanning into flame the gift that has been given to us, the things that we have been engaged with over the years. The, the foundational structures you have laid with your children. You've actually maybe done more than you realize. And now it's, it's a kind of, okay, I'm going to come back around and do some fanning into flame here. How can I show my family intentionally that God is first and foremost in my life? That's what me and Jacqueline talk about. We want more than anything else, more, literally more than anything else as parents in this life, more than anything else, I want my kids to love Jesus with everything they have. I want them to know whose they are, that they are a prince and a princess of King Jesus. I want that more than anything else. And the second thing, I want that, and then the second thing is that they would love people. And that the first is always primary. So even when love for Jesus begins to come up against how I would love other people, they would pick Jesus first. They would love Jesus with everything they have and that they would love other people. How can we show our family is on mission? Not because I'm a pastor, but because we're just followers of Jesus. How do, I show, how do I show my kids that I'm spending time in the Word on my own? Do my kids know that? Am I saying, no, we're praying before we eat. No, we're praying before we go to bed. No, I'm, no we're going to learn these things. We're going to keep this as a prior. Are we doing that? Are we being intentional with that? And then the reality is, is some of, how, do we, how do we teach our kids to serve well? How do we teach our kids hospitality, opening up our home to strangers? Service project, going camping, whatever. Here's, here's what I want to say. Some of you don't know how to do this very well. Some of you don't know how to do this very well. This is one of the reasons we have things like G2 groups here. This is one of the reasons we have small groups because we actually want multi-generational kinds of things to be happening. I want you with your high schooler to be connected to other people in our church who begin to build relationship with that person and begin to pray for them and walk with them and do those kinds of things with them. I want you to know about things like our G2 groups in our church. If you go up here to our children and youth section, we just created this for today. I wanted to make sure it happened for today. If you go to our, our uh, youth and children section on our Get Connected page, this is the stuff we're saying, we want to support you families, we want to support you grandparents, we want to support you kids in the faith formation of our children and youth here at the dwelling. 
We have some programmatic-like things. We have some resources that we're offering that I've actually done some experimenting on. Uh, there's, there's connections to camps on here. Uh, we have things like Bible Study Fellowship, which is a Sunday school program that we've had one of our children in last year, actually almost as an experiment to see if I could actually recommend it to you. Which we would actually recommend that now. And, and I, I do say, yeah, you want to get your kids connected? You're like, we, why don't we do Sunday school around here? Okay, well, there's this thing that happens every Wednesday night that I would actually say is pretty good. Get your kid plugged in. I, I don't know how to do faith formation in the home. Well, I got a billion videos up here that we've tried to create. Go look at them. I've spent the past two weeks pouring into a Bible reading plan, a one-year Bible reading plan that basically takes you through the Bible. I've picked, I've tried to avoid stories where like people's heads are getting cut off. This is why it was a little bit of a challenge because I know that, you know, okay, right here I got to stop probably so we don't talk to the little first grader about the kid, you know, yeah, so my point is I had to do some work, but we've got a one year. This I'm, I'm probably more excited about this than anybody. We're, our, my family's gonna be going through this this next year. It's a one year Bible reading program, 260 stories from the Bible with questions that I've engaged. This is for anybody in this room. If you don't know where to start in the Bible, I'd jump on here and go through this Bible reading plan. It's five days a week, partly because statistics show a family in God's word for more than four days, either four or more days a week, significantly shifts, significantly shifts the faith development of a family versus a family that's in it three times or less. So if I can get you in God's word four times a week with your kids or more, that's going to be a win for me. You need two days off, you need a little break here and there, fine, no big deal. You gotta do what you gotta do. I'm gonna give you five days, let's pour into it. I don't know where to start, I don't know what questions to ask. Read. That's it. I've tried to keep it pretty short so you're only reading 20 some verses a night. Guys, this is, I, I'm begging you, for four years I've been begging you to do this. Those of you watching online, I'm begging. This is what I find to be the most important things. I think I, that's where I got to end today. Um, that's where we got to end. Jesus, just know, guys, just know, God loves you so much. He loves your kids so much. He has given you everything you need to lead your family, your grandkids. He's given you everything you need. In Christ, we have every spiritual blessing, Ephesians chapter one. You have everything you need to lead. If you think, I don't have a clue, I don't know what I'm doing, go look at Lois and Eunice. What did they do? They poured into little Timothy. All right, let's pray. Lord, it's my like one day a year to just harp on this. <laughs> Thank you, God, for the opportunity to get to do that. Um, God, 
we, we, there's so much in this room that's representative. We haven't done it right. We are maybe doing it wrong. We're, you know, yes, there's a ton, but God, we trust in you. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you that you're bigger than us. You fill in the gaps that we create. We don't have to be afraid. So thank you for that, Lord. God, I just pray that you would um, remind us today how much you love us and how much you've forgiven us. Give us the strength to take the next step, whatever that might be. We pray this boldly in Jesus' name, amen.